I've got District 21 Republican Chip Roy. He is my congressman on with us right now, and this is really important because he is here in South Texas. Oh, he's from South Texas. He's in Washington today working on legislation. And Chip, we're hearing all sorts of weird things about Title 42 going away. Mayorkas is basically Baghdad Bob at this point. Everything he says is just absolutely made up. Kareem Jean-Pierre is making it up. Biden isn't saying anything that makes any sense. So what's literally happening in the House of Representatives as we speak now that it's May 11th and 42 goes away tonight? I know that people like you have been talking about legislation that will be passed today that'll shore up the border somehow. What's going on? Well, first of all, everybody knows the border's in complete chaos. I've never seen it this bad. I'm getting just text messages from all the Border Patrol agents, DPS. Got one guy texting me, said it's a broken arrow situation. Uh, they're getting, quote, their rear ends handed to them. I just cleaned that up for the air. Yeah. Um, and that's happening, you know, all day. I'm just getting text after text after text, and that's the reality. Uh, look, what, what just happened here in the House of Representatives is actually uh, historic and monumental. We passed the best border security package that's ever been passed out of uh, either side, the House or the Senate. Uh, it is. It would change the game. If it were adopted tomorrow, it would stop the crisis. It would end immediately. Uh, so the question now is, will the Senate take it up and the president sign it? The president says no, he'll veto it. But the fact is, he cannot ignore this crisis. And Republicans cannot allow the moments that we have currently with the debt ceiling and with the spending bill You know, at the end of September, we cannot allow these moments to go by without forcing the president to come to the table to embrace the kinds of policy changes we just embraced here in the House that would fundamentally end the, the automatic releases, force him to follow the law to make sure that we are, uh, you know, turning people away and having them wait in Mexico for an asylum claim or get here for an asylum claim. Well, well Chip, if you don't mind, it's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. Sounds good. Bottom line it for me. What specifically does it do? Because we already have laws in the books that when Trump put them in place and the policies followed the law, guess what? It worked. So why did you have to pass anything to make them uphold the law? Yeah, well, we shouldn't have to do that. That's the truth. They do have the laws in place to be able to actually retain operational control of the border. In fact, the law requires that the secretary have operational control of the border. Uh, and so they, they should be doing that, but they're not. There are loopholes that have been exploited by the radical left, uh, some judicial opinions and other things that have made it hard. That's why we've had a debate for 15, 20 years is because those loopholes have been exploited. We had a situation where, for example, children, unaccompanied alien children through a quirk in the law, were not able to return them home uh, under the current interpretation of the law. We fixed that. Uh, there's the family separation. We fix that. We say, well, look, families stay together. We make an adjudication of a claim. If there's an asylum claim, and then they either stay or go if it's legitimate. We tighten the asylum uh, laws so that we're not you know, letting people get asylum who shouldn't, but we're actually clearing the way for people who have a very specific uh, credible fear of persecution, which is what the law requires. Uh, we make sure that we're not releasing people in the United States, but instead they must have deferred, uh, or I'm sorry, a uh, expedited removal or be detained here right. or be waiting in Mexico. All of that is clarified in our bill. We put money in for the wall, money for Border Patrol, uh, retention bonuses, and we have E-Verify to stop the magnet to make sure the people who are employed here uh, have the legal right to be here. So a powerful bill. Now we got to force them to do something with it. It's uh, Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. Follow him everywhere. Hakeem Jeffries, the minority leader in the House of Representatives today, said that people like you are making it up. You're fictionalizing what's happening on the border. Now, we've got drone video from Fox News from Bill Malugin just today that shows miles and miles of trash and garbage and clothes and, and just a complete ruination 
on our border, and people like Jeffries want us to believe that it's not happening. Even at the same time that a guy from New York, the mayor, um, uh, Eric Adams, is saying we can't handle any more of these people. You've got people in Chicago saying the same thing, D.C. saying the same thing. Chip, we're hearing two sides of the same story. Somebody's lying. And and the American people, because of their politics, are going to, some of them are going to believe Hakeem Jeffries and Eric Adams and, and, and Mayorkas. How do we make them understand how critical it really is, what's happening in El Paso and Del Rio and, and Eagle Pass and, and Brownsville and McAllen? How do we make them understand the dire state we're in here? Well, first of all, we keep relentlessly telling the truth against their lies. That's what we're trying to do. That's what I did on the House floor today. That's what I did in Rules Committee this week. This is what we did by passing this great bill. Uh, making very clear, we have a state of emergency in El Paso, a state of emergency in Laredo, a state of emergency in Brownsville. We have San Antonio preparing for massive influx of migrants. And, you know, they've got too many to deal with. We have the mayor of New York, as you just pointed out, who's been sitting up there in his little ivory palace saying, oh, we're a sanctuary city. How dare you bust people to us? And what is he doing now? Busting people out of the city and right. the suburbs. Right. Welcome to the party, man. That's the reality of what we're dealing with every single day. The fact is, we're going to have to fight this at a level that we're not current, currently doing. I'm glad we passed this bill today. I've been working my tail off for months, years actually, to get to this point. We did it. Congratulations. Now we got to actually stand up and fight, use the power of the purse, use the debt ceiling fight to force it. And with all due respect, Texas needs to do more. Arizona needs to do more. The governors need to do more. Governors across the country need to unite and tell this federal government that they're abusing their authority, it's tyrannical, and they're undermining our liberties and the rule of law in the process. So it's high time all Americans come to the call. Wake up. We've got to do something about it. And, you know, I'm trying to lead by getting the message out there, but we got to have everybody get into this game. You and I could talk for the next five hours about how non-conservative our Republican legislature in this state is acting. Um, and, it, and it's actually sickening. They're giving in to the Democrats, as they always do. They, they want to get along and, and go have their martini lunches when they, all they have to do is go and do what the voters told them to do. Again, let's talk about that next time. It's Chip Roy. So with this bill that you guys passed today, do we have the ability to raise arms, I mean firearms, like our military that we're sending there, and tell people, do not cross in? Don't come in here. Or do we still capture them? Can we then he- make them head south? What physically can happen to the upwards of 100,000 illegals that are waiting to come across the border tonight? I mean, under current law or under the bill we just passed? If the Senate picks it up today and Biden signs it today, what can we do? Yeah, so what this bill would do is would make very clear in the law that it would be unlawful for people to be released, that president would be required under the law to leave people in Mexico for the adjudication of any asylum claim and to stop releasing, which would then stop the flow. Because gotcha. the message would be sent to the world, you can't get in. Now, physically, what you're talking about, that would require the administration to go execute on that law, which, of course, they're ignoring. But doing so would be a very plain black letter change to existing law that would undermine the loopholes they're using to exploit the already existing law to maintain operational control of the border. The asylum laws tightened. The TVPRA issue, which is the unaccompanied children, right? right. Riding on the top of train cars getting endangered. We fix it. All we do is return it to be treated the same as Mexican children or Canadian children for all countries. It's better for the kids. The Flores decision, which is what they're using to do with the families and separate families. We fix all of that and force them to have to follow the law. That's what would happen. Now, look, if the administration's literally going to be lawless, as they currently are, by the way, they would ignore it. This is my point about governors and, and Republicans. We need to withhold funds 
if the president's not going to enforce the law. Right. Period. End of story. Republicans need to stand up, in, as Republican governors need to stand up, and defend their states. Period. End of story. Uh, it's Chip Roy, District 21, Republican, great state of Texas. They passed legislation today uh, that would that would stiffen the laws and stop what probably is going to happen starting to, well, we know what's going to happen tonight if, in fact, the Senate adopted it and the president signed it. Let me ask you about this. NGOs, as you know, in Mexico, in Central America, are giving people a head start to parole. They're claiming asylum, or not even have to claim asylum, they're getting parole. Then they get to the border chip. And the Border Patrol can't do anything because they now have been given legal passageway into the country. Does this legislation stop that? Because that's happening. It's happening so much that Karine Jean-Pierre is pretending that 90% decrease in illegal crossings is going on because of how great they're doing. When you and I know that they're, they're counting these people that are getting asylum or getting parole before coming to the border, they're counting them as legally crossing. Yeah, we literally have a specific provision in the legislation that we passed out of the House Judiciary Committee that was a part of H.R. 2 that stops this abuse of parole. Okay. For everybody listening, what does that mean? There's a, a piece of, of existing statute, parole, that allows you to, on a case-by-case basis, allow someone to come to the country. Now, how historically has that been used? For someone who needs a liver transplant, right. someone who you know needs chemotherapy, and they're in a country where they can't get it. So we say, okay, we're going to parole you in, allow you to deal with this stuff, and then we'll, you know, figure it out later uh, and figure out whether you have a green card or whether you got to go home. But that's what parole is supposed to be for, not this categorical parole crap. The law literally requires it to be case by case. They're ignoring that. They're exploiting it to try to blow a hole in our border. That's what's happening. Our law, our, our law that we passed today would fix it. Yeah, but how are non-governmental organizations even applying this? The, a government, a consulate, somebody who works for the, for the government would have to do this. How are they allowing non-governmental organizations to do it to, to begin with, even on the rare case? They shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, well, they're not, they're not just allowing NGOs to do it, Joe. They're encouraging it and working with them and facilitating wow. it. Wow. Their, their taxpayer dollars you know, are going to these NGOs. They're working with the NGOs as a part of the entire... Uh, you know, chain. That's what's happening, right? You, you've got this human smuggling operation moving human beings into this country for profit. Our government tax dollars are going to facilitate it. NGOs are just a part of it, all in the name of compassion. And frankly, it's it's ludicrous. And our bill, guess what? Stops that. It says no tax dollars should go to any NGOs that have anything to do with any of this stuff. That follow, is in our bill. Follow him everywhere. He's my congressman, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas, Chip Roy. Uh, Chip, Kareem Jean-Pierre, the White House, Biden himself, Mayorkas, they've all said that Congress won't work with them. Congress won't won't uh, do the legislation that Biden proposed, and you can't propose legislation as the president, but I guess something he endorses. Um, I had I had a guest on the other day, Chad Wolf, used to be DHS secretary. He said that legislation literally gives amnesty to everybody. I mean, that's why you wouldn't be for it, I'm, I'm guessing, but they keep on blaming you guys like you're the bad guys. They also said, said that you wanted to defund 2,000 Border Patrol agents when you fired under the deal you tried to make with the debt ceiling. What's the truth about all that? Well, first of all, on the debt ceiling point, right, what we passed was legislation that would set an overall spending cap across all of the entire discretionary budget, right? So you're talking a $1.471 trillion cap. That's what we spent in 2022. To be right. very clear, that's what we were spending literally five months ago or six months ago okay. in November, December. Uh, we could then decide if you want to spend defense at a clip to try to go beat China, now you got to cut more from non-defense. And if you do that, do you cut from DHS and Border Patrol? Or do you maybe get rid of the 
NPR or, you know, some, you know, other, you know, DEI woke uh, garbage that's all throughout our entire government. Um, you know, cut some of the stuff that's going on at the Department of Education or some of the crap going on at EPA going right. after Americans. Like, we have choices to make, just like every family. We cannot keep spending money recklessly as we are currently doing. Right. So that's all we're doing. It's a complete lie that says we're cutting. And by the way, budget presented by President Biden, both last year and this year, undercut uh, ICE and took funding away from ICE. And, uh, you know, to say that we're uh, undermining them by cutting funding uh, in what we proposed when we did no such thing is a lie. Well, I just want to get it very specifically. Are you in that bill cutting anybody at the border? No. Are you are you in that bill cutting any veterans' medical care or any any benefits for veterans? No. Well, well then, how do they get away? They literally look at the cameras, Chip, and they say you're doing it. What, I, what, what world am I living in where that's okay? Because what they're saying is, not to make their argument for them, they're saying that because we set a cap and we cut overall spending levels, they say that what that means is you have to cut across the board. They apply an across-the-board number, and they say that means you will be cutting X from veterans or X from you know, Border Patrol or whatever. They leave out the appropriations process, which is where you have to make decisions. Right. What you do with your money, like you do, like every family does. Right. If you make $100,000 for easy math combined as a family of four, you have to decide. I pay my taxes. I got to pay my mortgage. I got to make my car payment. I got to buy food. I got to figure out what, you know, et cetera. And you make decisions. And it can't be that you say, oh, well, guess what? That means you just got a cut for your mortgage. No, I'm going to make my mortgage payment. But if my salary goes down to $90,000 and I got to cut 10%, I'm not cutting 10% off my mortgage. Yes. I'm going to not have $10,000 for something else. So in other words, you said, here's the pool of money that we're giving you. Do Use it the right way. And they're right. saying, well, they could force us to cut this. They could force us to cut that when you haven't earmarked those cuts. Not at all. You're okay. exactly right. It's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. Don't have a lot of time left. What's going to happen? Will the Senate do something with this bill you passed today? I know that they're slow walking the, the whole budget thing that you put over there, and Schumer might not, might, might not ever bring that to a vote. Will they at least bring this one to a vote that you passed today? I doubt it, unless they want to bring it to a vote somehow to you know demonstrate they can kill it. Uh, but that I don't think is the right call for them. I think there's some movement over there, some people that want to do something. I think you've got Mansion. I think you've got Cinema. I think they recognize they're getting killed. You've got Democrats across the country kind of going, guys, this is getting ridiculous. And so I think they're going to feel the pressure. The uh, president, the Democratic Senate, they didn't expect us Republicans. They didn't expect us to unite in the House and pass a debt ceiling bill that actually cuts spending and pass a really strong border security bill, they didn't think we would do it. We called their bluff. Now they got to go explain to the American people why they won't take up a bill that has been passed, sent to the Senate, and that the president can sign. Keep in mind, the difference between the current chaos and having the safety and security that we want and a secure border is 11 Democrats and or independents in the Senate and the president of the United States. 12 people stand between chaos and security. That's the question. Is there a way uh, to force Schumer's hand to bring it to a vote, just a clean vote, uh, an up or down vote, or you have to have 60? Well, you gotta, you're going to have to know that you're going to have 60 to get something through. But, you yeah. know, the, the, the Senate Republicans, uh, just like they did with the debt ceiling, they can write letters saying that they're only going to support bills that done you know, certain things, X, Y, Z. But importantly, the only way we're going to really force their hand on this is the power of the purse. Yeah. Right. I mean, James Madison wrote in Federalist 58. It's the most powerful and effective defense against the tyrannical executive branch. That's my paraphrase. That's what he said in Federalist 58. He's right.
He's absolutely right. Chip, I appreciate the hard work. Keep it up uh, and keep us updated. If something changes, thank you for the update on, on the passage of this bill. People around this country, doesn't matter if they're left or right, they don't want us to be invaded. And, and they're seeing the pictures, the real pictures, the reality of what's happening on the border. They want something done and you guys just did something. Thank you for that. Uh, let's do it Joe, again very soon, you. okay? Joe, thank you very much. Let me just say, people need to know this is monumental what we did. People need to study it. Uh, we worked really hard over the last six to eight months. It doesn't mean much in the face of what we're seeing with the chaos if we don't implement it, but it is a really important bill. Chip, I appreciate you. We're back after this. Keep it right here. Don't be an A-dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Always great to have Chip Roy on. I know that Chip means well, and he tries his hardest there in Congress. He's up against the brick wall a lot of times, though. I did want to relate. I wanted to relate this um, this email. In the first hour, I made fun of of Caitlin Collins because she obviously is just a political jumper. Was a conservative for the Daily Caller. Now suddenly she's a CNN lefty. And uh, a guy named Anthony, I won't say his last name, wrote in, and he said this. And Carrie, I get this so much. I, I love your quick comments on this too. Okay. He says, got to say, it cracks me up to hear you rag on Caitlin from CNN about switching sides when you regularly fawn all over Megyn Kelly anytime you can. She was the first person to stab Trump in the back during a Republican debate, which the opening of uh, the front door to attack Trump at every chance anybody could. And that's all we saw every time he was interviewed. Yet you want to bash Caitlin. That's funny. Have I not said Why this a million I... times? Megyn Kelly and Donald Trump made up. Yeah, and you have. And she, she said it on the she... show. Yeah, I asked her directly um, about that. When you went after Trump, what were you thinking? What were, it was the first interview I ever did with her. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and what blows me away is he invited her to Trump Tower. She went there, mm-hmm. interviewed him one-on-one after that. So yeah, I'm supposed did. to be mad at Megyn Kelly, even though Donald Trump isn't. Is that the deal? Really? I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how you compare those two. I don't. I mean, they're two <laughs> and when did Megyn Kelly ever things, jump but... ship? Megyn Kelly never said I'm a conservative or I'm a, I'm a liberal. She's a reporter. She asks questions that she wants. She's an interviewer. Whether she should have or should not have asked that question is up to her. But if Trump forgives her, I'm supposed to be, to be mad at her? Come on, man. I'm guessing yes. Uh, 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show.